Amen. 2 Timothy 3, praise the Lord. And um, we, of course, been ministering on Wednesday night's uh, services, talking about stress-free living. Look at your neighbor and say, that, that sounds like a good thing. Uh, turn to your other neighbor and just say, you know, sorry, my schedule's too full to stress out. <laughs> we need to write uh, stress a, a Dear John letter and tell him we're breaking up. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. Scripture says this, know this, amen, you got to know this stuff. That in the last days, or as the days progress, perilous times will come. Amen. So uh, the word again, perilous, uh, difficult, uh, uh, fierce, ferocious, uh, means times of stress. Most of our cross-references actually say times of stress, um, but it means to reduce the strength of. And anytime you have stress on the scene, guess what? That's exactly what it's doing. It reduces your strength. And uh, so we've been talking about uh, stress-free living, what it means, and of course, uh, you know, this whole text in here deals with uh, being a lover of self rather than a lover of God and talking about how being self-seeking and self-serving, how it will bring stress in your life. How many know that to be true? So how many know, you know, just kind of what we've been doing, just little mini ser- uh, series in within the series and, um, you know, uh, kind of been talking about how uh, just people issues can bring stress. Come on. People issues can bring stress, and so uh, some, of the, some of the things in this text uh, deal with that. And so what we've been doing the uh, last couple weeks, talking about uh, keeping the lights on, amen, what it means to keep the lights on, to walk as the light and be the light, and what that means. And uh, so maybe just I'll do a, just a brief uh, summary and then kind of kick it into what we have for you today. And so with that said, put uh, uh, John 8 and verse 12 on there. And, of course, in context, this is uh, the woman that was brought to him who was caught in the, in the act of adultery. And uh, they wonder stoned. And, of course, the whole uh, thing that went down, basically Jesus said, okay, whoever's with, you know, without sin, go ahead and cast the first stone. And, of course, they all left, uh, all, the, all the accusers anyway. So then he addresses the woman says, you know, are your accusers? Where are your accusers? She said, well, they're gone. He says, well, I'm not here to accuse you either. Come on. Now uh, go your way and sin no more. Amen. Now, Jesus didn't condone sin. Come on. He wasn't justifying the sin. He wasn't encouraging her to keep living the way she was living. He said, don't do it anymore. But he said, I'm not here to condemn you. Amen. Then he makes this statement. Verse 12. Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me, in other words, follows after me. Amen. To ju- literally means to jump in the same uh, roadway with. In other words, you get alongside Come as a companion, follow me, shall not walk, in other words, conduct life, live life in darkness, but have the light of life. Amen? Still with me? So the point being made, and this is where we've kind of been coming at the last two weeks here, is that to be a part of the light, to be in the light, means you're going to have to be a people to do like he said, follow what he's doing. So what's he doing? Well, he's not accusing. He's not condemning. Right? So, you know, in context, he's saying, you know, I'm the light of the world. In other words, if if you want to know how it works, see how I'm doing it. Amen? So we have, uh, you know, taken the time over the last two weeks talking what it means to uh, walk in the light. Amen? Uh, Let's look at a couple verses here real quick. Um, Actually, the word light, let's give you a definition, just means radiant energy 
making sight possible. Amen. So anytime the light comes on the scene, people can see things. Come on. Are you still with me? All right, let's look at a couple of quick verses here. I want to do, uh, what did I give you uh, next uh, back there? Did I give you Ephesians 5? Is that what I gave you next? Ephesians 5. I kind of skip a few of them here, but he says that you were once darkness, amen, but now you are light in the Lord. Then it says here, he gives us instruction, walk as children of light, which means that the, you know, if, you know the implication is you could, you know, not walk as a child of light, you know. Um, some of the verses that, uh, you know, I didn't give them back there to give us for today, but some of the verses deal with the fact that, you know, as long as he's in the world, he's the light. But he says, my life becomes your light. Amen. And if you will believe in the light, amen, you will not walk in darkness. Come on. But you will walk in the light as he's in the light. Come on. Right. And so the idea is, the implication is, amen, that we could be walking in the dark. Even as believers. All right, with that said, go to uh, 1 John 2, amen, 1 John 2, and we're going to actually, maybe I'll skip over there real quick. Uh, There's always a danger when you're going to do a, a, you know, go back over and rehash a few things. You almost want to get preachy again and go after it all again. Uh, Verse 6 of chapter 2 says this, he who says he abides in him, talking about in Jesus, ought himself also to walk just as he walked, right? So in other words, if you're going to remain and continue in him, then do it like he does it. Now, how did he do it? Well, amen, he was the light. He said, follow me, you come in the light, and then you're no longer walking in the dark. Amen, you're going to have the light of life. Well, how? So what did he do? Well, he wasn't condemning. He wasn't judgmental. Okay, verse, uh, let's put First uh, John 1 and verse 5. Let's put that up there. And then he said, this is the message which we've all heard, right? Uh, from him and declare to you that God is what light and in him is no darkness at all. Amen. Everybody say no darkness. darkness. Okay, so that's key. Verse uh, six, please says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now, obviously, we could walk in darkness. That's the implication. Okay, so if we say that we have koinonia, fellowship, communion, and it literally it refers to more of an intimacy, of coming together, a partnership. If we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice. You know, so if we say we have fellowship and then we're walking in darkness, we're lying to ourselves. All right. So verse 7, let's put that up. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with who? One another. Okay, that's the same word koinonia, fellowship there. We have partnership, fellowship, uh, communion, amen, with one another. And it says, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Everybody say us. Because the implication is we've all been forgiven. You know, it's, it's, it's good to take it personal, you know, because we've been forgiven. We've been cleansed from all sin. But you have to also remember, so is your neighbor. Now, maybe they're not walking in it in its entirety, or maybe they haven't received it yet, or maybe they haven't got a hold of it yet, or maybe they're still just being stinkers. But the blood of Jesus has taken care of the sin problem. Now, you know, I was thinking this, and I looked uh, this word uh, sin. You know, the, the, the Bible defines it as to know to do good and not to do it. That's how sin's defined in Scripture. But in, uh, in the... Uh, you know, your lexicons, it brings out that it means offenses that have been done to you, okay, mistakes that were made 
or wrongdoings to, uh, of another to another. You know what I mean? So when he's talking about sins, he's talking about something that one person has done to another. Okay, not just, not just what, you know, they've done unto God or, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, against God, although it includes it, but in context is dealing with, dealing with those around you who have done you wrong. Okay, so in, in context, that's why he says, verse, verse 7 again, please. Uh, it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. In other words, we're not going to be opposing, condemning, come on, criticizing, come on, somebody. We're going to walk, amen, in love with one another, in fellowship with one another, amen. Well, I don't like that person. Well, maybe they don't like you either. But that doesn't matter, amen. We have to say, you know what, it doesn't matter where we're at. Come on, somebody. doesn't matter where they're at. We're here to walk in love with people. Come on. And if we're going to walk in the light as he is in the light, that's going to have to happen. See, everybody say, keep the lights on. You got to keep the lights on. See, if you know some of the verses we were looking at last week, I mean, it explains why we might not be seeing some power, why we're not seeing some breakthroughs, because somebody don't turn the lights on. We're too busy, you know, being down with each other and, and condemning each other. Okay, so, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us all from sin. Then, of course, it goes on after that to say, you know, don't go around saying you haven't sinned because you'd be a liar. Because we've all blown it. And the implication is this. Listen, you've blown it. They blew it. You blew it. Come on, somebody. We've all blown it. And that same blood that forgave you also forgave them. Right? So, chapter 2, put uh, verse 9, I think it is. If you, Amen. Give them a hand clap back there. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. Sometimes I'm hard to follow, so they just, they just got to really be on top of it. All right, so verse 9 says this, He who says he's in the light, and then, uh-oh, hates his brother, is in darkness until now. Now, remember, we're talking to the church. We're not talking to the world. We're talking about with one another, those who have known Christ, those who say, uh, you know, he who says he's in the light, and then you're, you're walking down with your brother, is in darkness until now. Uh, verse 10, please. I'm going to define that here in a second. He who loves his brother abides uh, uh, in the light, right? And there is no cause for stumbling in him. He who loves his brother, right? Okay, but then, yeah, thank you. There we go. He who loves his brother abides in the light. He who loves his brother abides in the light. He who loves his brother abides in the light. If you want to keep the lights on, if you want to walk in the light as he is in the light, the word says that we're the light of the world, amen, and we're, we're called, amen, to shine that light so all men can see. Well, how do we do that? It ain't just going around saying, you know, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. Come on, somebody. And you're not lying, and it's not false. Come on, somebody. But how do you shine the light? How does the light come on? Well, by not being condemning. Not being ridic you know, be a ridiculer. Come on, somebody. Not uh, striving and contention and discord and all those things that, that come around that stuff. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad I came out tonight. <clears throat> okay, so he who loves his brother, okay, abides in the light. Now, who, now how is it you're in the dark? Okay, back up verse 9. Remember, how, how is it we're in the dark? He who says he's in the light and then 
has hatred toward his brother, and I'm going to define that here in a second, is in darkness. Okay, verse 10 again. But, right, he who loves his brother abides in the light. So that's how you get in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. Verse 11, please. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and walks in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now, if anybody ever walk in the dark, it's inevitable somewhere along the line walking in the dark, there's going to be some things that may happen. You may stub your toes. You may bunk your heads. You may walk into a wall or a door jam or come on, somebody. You know, hit that piece of furniture, especially if your wife has moved all the furniture and you didn't know it. I'm just saying, you know, whatever. Uh, the point is all kinds of things, right? Come on, the, 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 all kinds of things can happen. But it says that you're walking in darkness and you're not knowing where you're going. All right? All right, so the word darkness means obscurity. Um, it, it means depravity. Um, it means uh, captivity. The word darkness also refers to things like uh, walking in ignorance or unknowing, okay? So all those are different things that, that this word darkness means. Now, the word hatred here, just so somebody says, well, I don't hate that person. Okay, well, let's see, what does it mean then? Okay, because that's probably what matters, right? So the word hatred here, uh, uh, misio is the Greek word, and it means to detest, but especially uh, to persecute. So in other words, uh, you have no problem saying anything against that person, okay? It means to love less, to dislike, and literally says this, uh, to, to, it means to don't stand for. In other words, what it means by that is this, that you're not, you're not willing to stand with that person. Are you still with me? So in other words, I know that person, it's a brother, it's a sister, whatever, but I refuse to stand with them. Are you still with me? See that? So that when you start thinking about the word hatred here, you know, sometimes our idea of hatred is, you know, uh, you know I'm, I, I'd rather shoot them or something. Well, it could meet that too. But, uh, but the point is, is that sometimes it's just the fact that, you know, I just don't want to be around them, don't ever want to see them, I don't want to whatever. Now, uh, you're going to have to be, uh, it could cross some lines there. And that's called shutting the lights off. So this could be, now, as, as we've been finding out, it could be the reason why we stay sick could be the reason why we stay broke, busted, and disgusted. It could be the reason why we see no power. could be reason why we don't have uh, God moving in our families like we'd like to see him move. could be why we have kid issues. It could be why we have uh, relational issues. It could be why we have emotional issues. It could be why we have all kinds of issues. Come on, somebody. could be because the lights ain't coming on. We're not taking away your salvation. We're not saying you're not going to heaven. But you can be going to heaven and be walking in the dark till you get there. And you have to understand that's a fact. It can happen. And a lot of believers do it. Now, I'm believing nobody in this house. How about that, huh? Right. Or those watching or those listening by Internet. Amen. Okay, so, so obviously um, to, to walk in the light as he is in the light means I'm going to have to do it as he does it. So God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Come on, somebody. That whosoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So God was in love with people. Amen. Jesus came. Amen. And Jesus did nothing but show his love for people. Come on, somebody. His compassion. Come on. His love. Amen. His, his mercy toward people. Come on. 
Even when the boys wanted to call fire down on something somebody did wrong, he says, you don't even know what spirit you're of. Come on now. See, sometimes that's the way, you know, we want to call fire down on somebody because, bless God, they did me wrong. And they probably did. We're not even, we're not even denying that. And you have to understand, Jesus isn't denying it. He didn't deny that the woman caught in the very act was caught in the very act. He didn't deny that. In fact, he obviously agreed with it because he said, go your way and don't do it anymore. Right? But he didn't, you know, he didn't condemn her. He didn't, you know, he didn't uh, accuse her. He just said, listen, let's just change. Now, that's the cool thing about God. So what happened there? The lights came on. I believe the woman got delivered right there. I believe it with all my heart. Why? Because the lights were on. The lights were on. Amen. Sometimes the reason people don't change, we don't turn the lights on. We, we go around, we operate with lights all out, and then they just keep doing what they just keep doing. Nobody kicks the lights on. So how do we get the lights back on? Well, how about walking some compassion and some mercy? How about, how about be forgiving? Come on now. Okay, so let's, let's, let's shift around what we got for you today. So um, go to... Uh, Let's see, is it 1 Peter 4, I want to say verse 8, there you go. Uh, Above all these things, uh, have fervent love for for one another, amen. For what? Love, Uh uh-oh, will what? Cover a multitude of sins. Okay, again, this word dealing with things that have been done wrong, things that have happened to you, amen. Listen, we're not condoning, you know, a bad lifestyle. We're not condoning uh, you know, abuse. We're not condoning any of that. But somewhere along the line, you got to be willing to release some of this. Get the lights on. Maybe the scum bucket of change. Huh? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Somewhere along the line, you know, this person, it won't, won't, won't. Change your ways. Well, let's get the lights on somehow. Amen. So, love will cover a multitude of sins. Okay, uh, put uh, Proverbs. Uh, I think it's like Proverbs 10. Is that what it is? And it's, it's, it's actually where this verse, part of this verse came out of, and they quoted. Uh, but it says, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Okay, so, uh, so love covers all sins. But here's that word, hatred. But again now, uh, this again talking about, um, you know, opposing, not standing with, um, you know, so what happens a lot of times, this has, been, uh, this has been an issue. Come on now, this is an issue. I've seen it 30 years of ministry, and this is one of those nagging issues that I've seen called strife. People want to bicker. People would rather sit and point their finger at each other instead of just praying for one another. Come on, somebody. People would rather, you know, kick each other in the shins instead of help them up. Come on, somebody. Is anybody hearing me today? I see it too much. I see it too much. All right? The world does it. The world does it constantly. But you're not of the world anymore. See, they're in the dark, but you're not of the dark anymore. You're of the light. We do this different. Amen. We don't sit here and... And, and strive and, and, and you, know, uh, you, know, you know, 
division and contention and discord. All of that is different synonyms for this word strife. In fact, I, what I don't, you know what? You know, the word says in, in, in Proverbs 6, I don't think I gave you this one, sorry about that. But uh, Proverbs 6 says, God hates discord. He hates strife. It's one of the six things. It says, six things I hate and seven are an abomination to me. And the seventh one is sowing discord with the brethren. God says it's an abomination. He hates it. And I'm thinking to myself, and we do it. Somewhere along the line, we have to say, you know, if God hates it, maybe we should. If God don't like it, maybe we shouldn't like it. If God don't want to see it done, maybe we got to get it inside and say, we don't want to see it done. Amen? Wow. Stirs up strife. Hatred stirs up strife. Love covers all sin. So obviously, they oppose each other here. So one is, is covering it. One's, amen, trying to bring healing, getting the lights on, and the other one's shutting the lights off. Did anybody hear me? That's exactly what's going on here. According to 1 John, that's what's happening here. All right, so with that said, um, James 3. Let's put James 3. We're going to kind of hang out in James 3 a little bit here, okay, tonight. Okay, look at your neighbor. Smile real big. Even if you don't mean it, smile real big and say, I'm glad I came. Come on. No, this, this is something that's got to be talked once in a while. You've got to deal with these kind of things. Okay, so for where envy and self-seeking exist, okay, so envy is, is self-dealing uh, with uh, uh, selfish ambition. Okay, we'll, we might give a little bit more definition here, but uh, for where envy and self-seeking exist. Now, some of, your, some of your translations will actually say where strife, okay, and strife. So envy and strife exist because strife is nothing but self-seeking. Okay, because it's all about how they did me wrong, or what about me, or, uh, you know, I don't like what you did. Well, you know, so it's all about you. Remember now, uh, what brings stress in our life? Self-serving and self-striving. And it, it, it just opens the door wide for stress. And the stuff like this, that creates nothing but more stress. And this explains why. Because where envy and self-seeking or strife exist, confusion and every Evil thing are there. Every evil thing. Every evil thing. That means all manner of foul or wicked work, deed, object, or thing. Okay? All, anything that you can think of that's bad, you've just opened the door for it. The word confusion here uh, means perplexity. Chaos, disorder, okay, instability, and refers to mental and emotional disturbances, which are all, which all are a part of what creates stress. All of them create stress. So anytime, see, remember that's why the dark, you think about in the dark, the lights are off, you can't see, there's ignorance and confusion, there's chaos. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what's going on. You assume this. You assume that. You, you think this. You think that. But you don't know. You're in the dark. And so what it is is the whole time in the dark, you're giving the realm of darkness rule and reign in your life, in your household, in your business, in your church, in whatever it is that we're dealing with. Anybody hearing me today? The word envy, let me just go ahead and define it since 
I said I would here. The word envy means uh, bitter jealousy, selfish ambition. Emulation is one of the words. I had to look it up, but it just means rivalry or competition. Okay? So, uh, best way to, let's say, envy. This is how could I maybe just real quick. It's not our text tonight, but, but uh, envy. One, one year, um, went with a group of folks. We went back to a ministry. We... Um, uh, ministry that just uh, just phenomenal, known for their children's and youth ministries. Phenomenal, phenomenal, over the top, amazing. L- a leader in, in those ministries, a leader throughout the nation, actually throughout the world uh, in what they do. So we went to go and see, and, and all of it, just, you just stand there the whole time with your mouth open, staring at all the stuff they do and how they do it, and just phenomenal. And <clears throat> by the end of the first day, I walked out of the building, and I, I had this heaviness on me. And... Um, I'm thinking, I just walked away from some of the most cool things you'd ever see in, in your life. And, and I'm, I'm all heavy, kind of almost, almost saddened, kind of almost half depressed almost, just sick, you know, just, ugh, you know. And uh, I said, Lord, what is this? He said, it's envy. I went, what? I'm thinking, what? And, and when you start looking what it means, it, it, I'm seeing, and really all I could see was, they're living what I was dreaming to have. And somehow I was looking at them thinking, well, they're already doing it. I guess we can't. And so you get more, you get to a place where you think like this is some kind of competition or some kind of thing. If they're doing it, we can't do it. Come on, somebody. And so envy, that kind of begins to define envy. Well, take care of that foul spirit. Come on, somebody. And it was foul. Come on now. Dealt with that mess. Come on. Wasn't going to let it control. Amen. But that's what envy can do. And you're sitting here, you're a believer. I was a pastor of a church. Just got done seeing kids being changed for for all eternity. And I walked out of there all, you know, that's just gross. Are you hearing me? So that's what envy is, okay? Strife or self-seeking now, okay? So self-seeking uses words like discord. Factions, okay, quarreling, right? To quarrel, uh, opposition, exertion for superiority, okay, which means, uh, you know, you got to always have the last say or the last word or uh, you contend uh, for the victory at any expense. I don't care who I hurt as long as I say my peace. That's strife. Come on now. And, uh, and please, tonight, hear it for you, not for the next guy. Because sometimes it's easy to do. Somebody say, well, I sure hope so-and-so's in here. <laughs> no, you're in here, and you need to hear it. Because you, you can get all striving, you know, because you're upset because they're striving. So they're striving, so you turn around and think you're justified to, to continue in the strife, and all you did is just got the devil in the back of the room laughing at you because you're all shutting the lights off. Are you hearing me? Half the things that happen to the body of Christ are self-induced, self-inflicted. We could point out all day long, says the devil did it. Now, he's the author of it. There ain't no doubt about it. But we, we're the ones that shut the lights off. We're the ones that, uh, you know, make the decision to sit and do these things. Come on now, with me. Smile real big at me. Come on now. Come on now. Come on, we all need to hear it. It's so easy to get caught up in this stuff. Okay, are you still with me? Uh, I'm going to come back to James 3. Put that, uh, I think it's like 1 Corinthians 3 or something like that. Put that one up real quick. Just, 
I think sometimes you got to take a look at this, the ugliness of strife, okay? So 1 Corinthians 3, in verse 3, this is Paul talking now. He says, for you are, are still carnal, talking to the Corinthian church, the church. You're still carnal. You're still, you're still worldly, fleshly. You're still, you're still of a natural realm for, for where there are envy and strife and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Nobody wants to be mere. The word mere literally means to be limited, to, be, to, be, uh, to have a boundary placed upon. That means, and the whole thing in, in dealing with is dealing with immaturity. Come on, somebody. Nobody wants to be considered immature. Nobody wants to be considered immature. And the, the thing about mere men means there are now boundaries put on you where there is going to be no growth because you can't get past this thing. You may be saved for 20 years and still hanging out in the nursery because you can't get past the striving, the division, the envies. Come on, somebody, all that yuck. Anybody with me today? Yeah. Amen. Now, I know this is nobody in the room. It's all the people that didn't come tonight. But let's just pretend they're all in here and smile. Yeah. Amen. Come on now. So, anyway, back to James 3. Let's look at some more here now. James 3. Now, look at your neighbor and say, let's get the lights on. And keep them on. And keep them on. All right. So back, yeah, there you go. We'll go back up to verse 13 now. Let's take a look at this because he gives us some answers here. We don't want to just leave everybody hanging here. We want to have some answers, right? So James 3 and 13. Let me go ahead and get my text. There we go. All right. So James 3 and 13. Who is wise and understanding among? He's asking a question. Is there anybody in the house got some wisdom here? Anybody in the house got some understanding? Okay. But it says, if, if you do, then say, let him show by good conduct. And literally that word conduct, if you look it up, it also includes conversation. By good conduct, a conversation that his works, his actions, come on, I mean, are done in the meekness of wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. wisdom. Now he's talking about the God kind of wisdom. So let's go to verse 14 now. But if you have, uh-oh, bitter envy... <clears throat> and self-seeking or strife in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth, okay? Because ultimately it's going to come out anyway, all right? So that's what he's referring to. But he goes, verse 15, he says, but this kind of wisdom, right, this wisdom, verse 15, does not descend from above. In other words, this, this bitter envy, the self-seeking, this kind of wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, it's sensual, that word sensual uh, could be sensitive. Because see, what it's talking about is this really, this kind of this kind of wisdom, the word talks about, um, I don't know if I, I, I probably didn't give them any of uh, the references back there, but um, 1 Corinthians again, chapter 2, a little bit, a few verses prior to what we had read, it talks about, you know, this, this human wisdom, this wisdom of men, this wisdom of this age. Which means, if you want to define it kind of how, like Solomon defined it, he says, things that seem right, but are not right. They seem right, but they lead down a roadway of destruction, roadway of death. Still with me? So, what he's talking about here in this text in James 3, he's going to give you an understanding of the wisdom of God versus the wisdom that's not from above. Okay? So obviously, when we get caught up in strife, we get caught up in dissension, discord, 
uh, bitter envy, self-seeking. What he's saying is it is not wisdom from above. It's coming from somewhere else. You know, the word wisdom in itself is defined. Here's, here's what wisdom is defined as, okay? The ability to live life skillfully. It is the ability to apply knowledge, information, and data rightly. Okay, now we're talking about a wisdom from above here. Wisdom from above is a combination of discernment, judgment, tact, and timing. Why? Because the lights are on. Wisdom is how to successfully deal with practical affairs of daily life, dealing with things like business, daily pressures, and people. That's what true wisdom. But if it's wisdom that does not descend from above, but yet it's earthly, sensual, and literally demonic, okay, then what happens is, okay, it's not going to help you with everyday uh, practical affairs. If anything, it's going to mess it up. You're not going to be able to live life skillfully. Instead, it's going it's to cause all kinds of chaos here, and you're just going to be tripping over yourself. It's not going to allow you to apply the knowledge and information that, and data that you hear and see. And by the way, information, data, and knowledge is pumped to you on a nonstop basis throughout the day. There are things constantly hitting you. Things that you hear, things you see, driving down a road, you look over here, your mind catches this, you hear this, you see this, the radio's on, the TV's on, things are going on, you come to church, all kinds of information and data is being pumped to you all the time. It isn't all good. Some of it is, but it isn't all good. Okay, and so God has set up a thing for you to use called wisdom. His wisdom. Come on, somebody. That'll help you take that information, know what to do with it, whether to apply it, chuck it, receive it, reject it. Are you still with me? So you can live your life productive and be, you know, do things right. Be in the right place at the right time. Amen. Somebody's going to be there. It might as well be you. Somebody's going to get the opportunity. It might as well be you. Somebody's going to be at that place, get that, that creative idea, is going to, going to see this thing and see it in the right light. Somebody's going to do it. It might as well be you. But see, all this stuff's being pumped at you. But if we're going to be moved by more how we feel, if we're going to be moved more by the senses, if we're going to be moved more by, see, at Earth, he's talking about natural or how you see things, demonic, just in, demonically inspired. I mean, you don't get any worse than that. But then what happens is we're not applying that information rightly. So chances are we're going to be, you know, kicking the lights off. And we're going to be operating out of chaos and then wondering why life never gets any better. Still with me? Verse 16 again. Okay. And where envy and self-seeking exist, remember, confusion and every evil thing are there. Why? Because we're given place to it. The word warns you, amen, in Ephesians 4, neither give place to the devil, meaning we could give him place. We could give him a foothold. We could give him an open door, right? Remember, if you can shut the front door all you want, but you leave the back door open. It's only a matter of time he's going to come in and, and take over the master bedroom. 
You let him in the car, even if you throw him in the back seat, it's just going to be a matter of time. He's going to be driving. So we don't want to even open the door to him. We don't want to let him in. We don't want him sliding in. So that we don't want to get caught up in these things that just creates a wide open door for him. Strife is a killer. I said strife is a killer. I can give you names of those that have died due to strife. Those that have lost everything due to strife. Those that have lost their marriages due to strife. Lost uh, their, their business due to strife. Lost their finance due to strife. Lost their health due to strife. And we want to blame it on everything else. No, it just comes down to simple stuff like this. We just won't let go of stuff. Just let it go. It isn't worth it. It isn't worth bringing hell in your home. It isn't worth giving darkness a place. It isn't worth letting the enemy come in and steal, kill, and destroy because you let the door open. None of it's worth it, people. It's just, it just, it just better to let stuff go. And listen, I know some of you have been done wrong. There's no doubt about it. And we're not denying it. We're not making light of that. Jesus isn't making light of it. But the quickest way to get delivered, the quickest way to get your victory, the quickest way to get under the blessing, the quickest way to get success, praise God, is these things we're talking about tonight. And what do you want? I'm not mad, by the way. Do I seem mad? I probably seem a little tense, mad, maybe. I'm not mad. It's just, it's just you know, I, this stuff is serious business. I mean, really, confusion? Who wants it? The Word says he's not the author of confusion. So if you're confused, it didn't come from God. Every evil thing, God isn't saying, hey, I want to put this in your home. God ain't doing that. Devil's bad all the time. God good all the time. Simple, right? So if it's bad, where'd it come from? Okay, how did it get here then? Is there an open door? Come on now. Now, it may not always be the case. It could just be, it's just something happened, and, and, and you gotta, you're going to have to make a shift and change and get on top of it and get the victory. But sometimes it's just flat. We open the door to it. Okay, verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Verse 18, let's go ahead and read that, and we're going to come back up to verse 17. Now, the fruit of righteousness, in other words, doing these right things, okay, then, and is sown in peace by those who choose to make peace. Okay, so with that said, back up to verse 17. Now, what I want to do with the remainder of our time, is I want to take this, chap, this verse, and I want to define it a little bit, okay, because I'd rather be operating out of the wisdom that's from above. Anybody else with me on that? Amen. So if, if there's things going on, see, remember, there are things that are happening. There are things that are happening to you, things going on. There might be people doing you wrong, no doubt about it. But don't be ignorant. You're just as guilty. And if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, come on, somebody, we'd be in the same boat. Right? We've all blown it. We've all made, we've made mistakes. So remember that. Jesus knew that woman made the mistake, forgave her. Jesus knew that city was turning their nose up at him, but he still said, I'm here to save, I ain't here to kill. Come on, somebody. Right? We can go on and on and on. 
What did Jesus do? Okay, he's the light. You believe in that light, you follow that light, praise God, you walk in the light. Do as he did. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Pastor, that is a lot to ask. Yes, in some cases, you better believe it. It's going to chew your flesh up and spit it out one way and another, and it'll tear it up and knot you up and come on. But once you break through it, the lights come on, and all of a sudden, you can see things. Come on, somebody, you're free. Come on, right? And that's what we want. Come on now. We know that there's things going on. We get it, okay? But the best way to get free from it is get the lights on, all right? And how are we going to do that? We're going to follow the wisdom that's from above and not the wisdom of, of this uh, realm, of the natural realm uh, of men and of, uh, that's demonic and, and sensual and all that mess. Come on, somebody. The wisdom that is from above is first pure. Everybody say pure. Now, there's been a couple of these words where we talked about a couple of weeks back, I think, on, in one of our Sunday services in another text. So there's a couple of them that are going to sound kind of familiar, uh, but it doesn't hurt to hear them again, right? So, okay, what's that mean? Okay, the word pure here means clean or innocent, blameless, or modest, okay, which refers to something being reserved, constrained, or restrained, okay, to be constrained or restrained, okay? So bottom line is this, okay? First pure, okay, so I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to take the wisdom from above, it's first pure, okay, so I'm going to keep myself restrained, come on somebody, but here's what it kind of breaks down to, um, it doesn't jump, jump to conclusions, it knows stuff's going on, it's not ignorant, come on somebody, sometimes here I'm just, you know, for situations I'm going through, things that go, people look at me and they say, you know, they, you know they, they'll mistake mercy for ignorance. Just because I'm being merciful doesn't mean I'm ignorant. Sometimes I'm just being real merciful because it isn't worth it. It's better to pray it through. Come on, somebody. Not jump to conclusions. Just be merciful. Come on, somebody. That doesn't mean I'm ignorant. Okay? It's just that, you know, sometimes, you know, me jumping in with you and getting all caught up in it just means, oh, well, now I'm shutting the lights off. So it's better to just be merciful in certain situations, well, in all situations. But here he's talking about, actually, he's dealing with pure, peaceable. In other words, they don't jump to conclusions. Okay, then it's, well, let's give a reference on that. I put, uh, uh, what did I put? I think James 1 or something up there. I can't remember what I put on this one. Did I put James 1 for this one? James 1.19. I think this is always worthy of throwing this in when we start dealing with this kind of stuff. So then, beloved, my beloved brethren, let everyone be, what? Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, all right? So, come on, sometimes that's what we get in trouble, come on, because we're not quick to hear, okay, all right? We're, 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 we're too slow to hear, and we're too quick to talk, and usually too quick to jump to conclusions, and then we get mad and upset with everybody. Come on, somebody. Instead of just be quick to hear, come on now, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Do you know there are even times it's all right to be mad, because it shouldn't have happened. But if you're quick to get mad, chances are you're going to cross a line. Come on, somebody. And you're not, it's not going to bear any good fruit. All right. Let's go back to James uh, 3. James 3 and 17 again. Uh, it's then peaceable. Okay, so wisdom from above is peaceable. Everybody say peaceable. peaceable. So this word peaceable, okay, comes from that, that word peace, of course, meaning set at one, 
means a joining together or coming together, making something whole. But it means also pacification, which just means to bring some form of harmony into the situation, okay, or a truce. could even mean like, okay, regardless of what's going on, we're going to shake on, just, we're going to just put it down, done, we're, no, we're not even going to go there. Come on, somebody. Just bring a truce, bring peace, all right? A good reference for that would be uh, Hebrews 12, 14, I believe it is. Uh, and it just says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now, that's, pretty, that's a pretty blatant deal right there, okay? So, I mean, we all might be able to look at holiness and say, okay, but he says even pursuing peace with all people. You want God in on the scene? Pursue peace. You know, live clean. Of course we want to live clean. But you've got to also be willing to pursue peace with people. Come on now. Sometimes you get on these things and you got everybody's mind start running. Well, what about and what about and what about? You know, maybe maybe in certain situations. Now we're dealing we're dealing. Okay, this whole thing we're dealing with is people with people, and we're talking to the church. We're not talking about the terrorist in another country. We're talking about people we deal with on day to day basis, where church people primarily dealing with church people, not always, but usually the circles we run with are usually church people. Come on. It's the truth, okay? There's, we got friends of all kind, but I get it. But, but for the most part, we're dealing with people that we're around all the time, no, and, and it says, says pursue peace, amen, with all people and holiness with which no one will see the Lord. Okay, so being peaceable. All right. So um, I just put with that, uh, you know, you know, somewhere along the line, you got to be willing to find a common bond. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, some people's uh, personalities, they just. Right. Am I right? I mean, you, you know, oil and water, man. I mean, it's like it's like, woo. you know, you almost want to don't you, know, you would see one person getting ready to go into a room and, you know, somebody else and you almost want to say, don't go. Because their, their personalities just clash. Well, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, you can't just, you know, keep avoiding people. Because, I mean, we can have a lot of verses that deal with that now. You can't just avoid people. That's why I'm going to be a hermit. I'm going to live in a cave and eat beans. No, you're a child of God. Amen. You're called to be around people because you're a witness to people. And God loves people and people are God's highest commodity. But you just don't know. No, no. That's how it works. So somewhere along the line, you have to find that place that you can communicate with an individual. Meet them somehow where you can come together. Amen. At least do your part to pursue peace. And hopefully get the lights on. Get the lights on so the other person goes, oh, yeah, I like the lights on. See, we're so quick to, to think, that, well, that person's this way and they're always going to be. No, no, somebody just get the lights on. Well, you just, husbands and wife bickering. I just want to say, shut up. Just shut up. Just, just don't say nothing. Somebody get the lights on. It's ridiculous. It's 
strife and contention and dissension. And we, nah, 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 nah. It's like, what? Somewhere somebody just needs to say, you know what? This is ridiculous. I'm a Christian acting like a baby. Turn the lights on. Somebody would just get the lights on. Maybe the strife and contention would all just cease. Maybe we'd start seeing each other for who we are. Maybe we'd start actually get along. Right? Is anybody hearing me? You know, work with me here tonight. I'd like to get through it all tonight. Right? Come on. Hebrews, uh, pardon, go back to chapter 3 and verse 17 again of, of James. All right, so pure, peaceable. How about gentle? <laughs> There's something. How about just be gentle? Oh, mercy. All right, so anyway, gentle just means uh, moderate, patient, okay, forbearing, appropriate, and suitable. Or these are the words that, if you look it up, okay, but it just, uh, really what it refers to is really, um, you know, keeping your emotions and your feelings all in check, okay? Just, just you know, operate out some gentleness, all right? Just keep everything checked, all right? And um, I, I just threw a couple. I was thinking um, it kind of fits in here. Uh, Proverbs, uh, I think I gave a couple references on Proverbs here. Put Proverbs 29, 11 up there if you could. Let's look at that. Okay, how about this? Okay, just, just, it's just worthy of looking at, right? A fool vents all his feelings. Well, just, just stop, okay? Just be, come on. Keep everything in check. You don't have to say everything. You don't have to say what you're feeling. You know it ain't right. There's a part of you that knows it ain't right. And most of the time when we get to ready to say something like that, we do, we're, I know this ain't right, but I know, I know this isn't God, but I just want to save my people. Whoa, whoa, time out. If you know it ain't God and you know, come on, is it really worth it? And in, in this text, it says a fool vents all his feelings. But a wise man will hold him back. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes love gives up its right to be right. It just does that once in a while. Okay, so, so what they're doing right now isn't all right, but, I mean, so they're saying something that's just, it's half stupid. I mean, so what? Give them a break. I have found most people, when they go say something stupid, if you leave them alone, they walk away and they go, that was stupid. Right? But when you jump on it, all you did is shut the lights off. Come on, somebody. And now they're mad because you're chewing them out, and all they want to do now is defend themselves. So they don't deal with nothing. Sometimes just let them just, you know, most of the time people, I've seen people who get upset. Most of the time they're more upset about themselves because of where they're at in their walk, what they've done, what they've said, how they responded, and give them a space, give them break. Let them get, get right with God about something. You don't have to be the Holy Ghost, you know. Sometimes a wise man holds them back. It's okay. Let God deal with them. I just found, you know, when God deals with me, it seems to work. When you do, we're going to have issues. Right? I mean, there's a time, and, and we'll, you know, we might get on that. There's a time when, okay, there's a time to say something. But most of the time, we're just venting. Got to get something off my chest. A 
Okay, give me another one in Proverbs. Let's see what else we got. It's like chapter 20 or something like that. I can't remember which one I gave you there. There's several verses like this. It is honorable for a man to stop, what? Striving. Okay, it's honorable to just stop it. It isn't worth it. It says, since any fool, any fool can start a quarrel. Anybody can, anybody can quarrel. But it takes an honorable person, it takes a wise man, as we said in the last verse, to say, you know what, I, I'm just not going to go there. It isn't worth it, you know. Um, I ain't here to, you know, fight with you and, you know, I'm sorry, whatever, whatever, blah, 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 whatever, but I just, it just can't, just, it just isn't worth it. Okay? Is anybody else with me? Okay, let's go back to uh, chapter 3 and verse 17 again of James, okay? What's the next one here, okay? Um, willing to yield. Okay, what does that mean, willing to yield? Uh, it means to be somewhat compliant. doesn't mean to be mowed over. Come on, because some people want to run that to the extreme. But sometimes just being compliant, easy to be entreated or to work with or to deal with. Okay, willing once in a while. Here we go. Here's what it's about. Willing to give a little. Okay, sometimes it's okay to give a little. Come on. Uh, I put, uh, I just put... Uh, for a verse here, uh, Philippians 2 and 4, and uh, it just says, you know, let, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. And sometimes, you know, sometimes, you got to remember, God, God's looking out for you. God's looking out for you. Um, you know, and sometimes you think, well, if I give in a little bit, I'll give an inch. They're going to take a mile. They're going to take me for sure. I know they're going to dupe me. I know they're going to take advantage of me. Well, maybe they won't. The idea isn't, isn't the idea to get the lights on. We get the lights on pretty soon. Maybe they'll realize, you know what? All I'm doing is being abusive, or all I'm doing is being, uh, you know, being a taker. All I'm doing is 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 you know, you know, taking advantage of you. It's wrong. You know, maybe get the lights on. They might start seeing who they are. Because it happens. It does happen, and that is a fear that a lot of people have. But you have to understand, you know, you you do have interests. But so do they. Amen. But understand this. God's got your back. God's got your back. Still with me? Whew. Well, let's see if we can get through this. All right. Uh, back to chapter 3 and verse 17 of, of James again. So what's the next one? It says, full of mercy. Is that right? Is that where we're at? Full of mercy and good fruits. And I put them together because just because of how they define Full of mercy means quick and active compassion, whereas good fruit is quick and active benevolence. So it's about being quick and being active about your compassion and your benevolence. Okay? So being willing to look out, you're being merciful, but at the same time, when you see a need, you're willing to try to do what you can to help, meet a need. Okay? So, um, you know, be quick. Be, be, you know, I would rather be guilty of mercy any day of being too merciful than being too critical or judgmental any day, any day. Well, you, you, you do that too much. You just, you're just going to get taken. Listen, I'd rather be guilty of being too merciful. Okay? So full of mercy and good fruits. Okay? So I, I kind of just, I thought about this. This is something kind of, 
But I just think, you know, somebody that's that way is, is ready to believe the best and, and give the best and, and do the thing. You know, that's just kind of, and, 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 you know, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about that, that part of love and, uh, is, is about believing the best in people. Amen. And uh, uh, this is, of course, the New King James, but bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. All that's what love does, okay? It's willing, to, even though it knows everything's going on, but it's willing to say, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to believe the best here, and I'm going to give my best. You know, the verse 8 goes on to say that love never fails. So that's, we're just going to go that way. I'd rather be guilty of that than being too critical and judgmental and too much strife and contention. Anybody else with me on that? Yeah. Any day, any day. Okay, uh, back to James chapter 3 again. Okay, what's the next one? Without partiality, okay, without partiality, okay, impartial, indistinguished, fair-minded, not one-sided. Are you still with me? Okay, so remember, this is the wisdom that's from above. So if we're going to combat this thing called strife and bitter envy, self-seeking, come on, uh, selfish ambition, all these things, how do we beat it? These are just things that come from above. And when you make a decision to go this route, what you're going to do is you're going to do the God way to get the lights on, so to speak. All right. So without partiality, what's that mean? Okay, so not being, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you're not being one-sided here, impartial about stuff. Okay, you're, you're fair-minded, okay? So put um, I, 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 this, uh, Matthew 18, put that up there. Um, uh, nope, Matthew 18, please. I need verse, chapter 18. I, I'm sorry if I gave you the wrong reference. Sorry about that. Matthew 18 and 15 is what it is. Matthew 18... And 15, let me get it for you. <clears throat> I think it's worthy of looking at this. It says this, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, here we go, go and tell him his fault between what? You and him. Oh, thank you, you got it up there. Between you and him alone. And if he hears you, you've gained your brother. Come on. Then it goes on to say if they don't listen, they don't want to hear, then you, you go grab another brother, you go talk to them again. And if they don't hear you again, then it, then it says then, then you take it to the, you know, to the pastor, the church, you know, and, and then you have them help deal with it, whatever it is, right? Come on. Now, it didn't say here, go put it on Facebook. It didn't say go tell everybody else in the church. It says, okay, they've done you wrong. He, he's not denying that. They did you wrong. Something happened. Something happened. They crossed a line. They did something, said something, did something, reacted some way. So between you and that individual alone. And I think that right there gets missed in 99% of issues that go on. We don't give God any room to do anything. We don't go in there. You know what it used to be when we were growing up, I mean, uh, it, you know, especially in, in school, you know, elementary or junior high, and, and, you know, two guys are bickering and fighting. I mean, I remember there were times the teacher just says, let them go at it. We just go to punching on each other. It's only a matter of time, you know, we're both crying or we're both whatever. And it's before law, we got our arms right. I love you, man. I love you too, man. Your best, our best friend. We're best forever, man. You just let the two deal with it. 
I encourage you to go out fist fighting with everybody. And you don't go off and now write about me on that one. But anyway, the bottom line is most of the time, nobody takes any time to go and just one-on-one -on -one say, listen, okay, maybe, maybe you didn't mean this, but, you know, you said this thing, and, you know, it kind of hurt my feelings. I, I don't, I don't, because I'm not, I don't know why you'd say that about me. I don't know why you'd do that. Why did you respond that way? I mean, really, it was, I didn't mean no harm by that, but, you know, just start hashing it out. And then pretty soon it's like, you know what, I, I didn't realize that. I apologize. Most 90% of the time, it'll probably just resolve right there. And you'll both be, you know what, I got re healthy respect for you. you. You got healthy respect for me. It's all good. Everything's healthy and clean. We go on. We move on. We understand where we're at. It's all good. And it says if, you, if they hear you, you've gained your brother. But we want to skip to verse 16 and 17. Go tell the world, and then go get the church involved after all hell's broke loose. Anybody hearing me? Yeah. Happens all the time. It's like, you know, you all, you all come and say, Pastor, go deal with this. Well, if you just shut up, it wouldn't be so big. <laughs> Everybody's got to say something and do something. Everybody jumps on board, and then all of a sudden it's like, God, now fix it, Pastor. <laughs> really? And then they want to point, your church, they're all mean. Yeah, a bunch of them are. <laughs> but this is, how you, this is how, you, how you bring healing instead of, instead of, you know, pain and destruction and church splits. and ugh. Now, I put in here with my notes, okay, I just because to me it fits, okay, uh, so without partiality means it doesn't borrow offenses. I've seen more people offended at somebody because of somebody who said something about somebody that happened to somebody and we're all offended at them. That person didn't do one stinking thing to you. And we're all offended. It's not justifying sin. It's not justifying the mistakes. It's not justifying the action. It's not justifying the words. But when you jump on board and now you're all offended because so-and-so, you know, did this to so-and-so, listen, you just crossed the line. Grow up. Somewhere, somebody turn on the lights instead of just getting caught up in everything. Whew. Is anybody coming back next week? No, next week's Thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Whew, we need a week on this one. Okay, one left. Just one left. Give me one more. Here we go. One left, all right? Back to that uh, reference, okay, without partiality and without, it says, without hypocrisy. God, we got to talk about that one too, without hypocrisy, okay. Ugh. Hypocrisy means no facade, no pretending, no hidden agendas, being genuine and real. Listen, hypocrisy is not about a mistake made. 
Just because somebody makes a mistake doesn't make them a hypocrite. What makes them a hypocrite is when they try to pretend they don't make the mistakes. That's what makes them a hypocrite. Because it's the pretending, it's the facade. Just making a mistake doesn't make nobody a hypocrite. Because we all make mistakes. Come on, and hopefully we learn, we grow, we, we repent, we change, we adjust. But sometimes we, we act like, oh, I don't do nothing wrong. That's, that's where the hypocrisy starts coming in now. But it says here, the wisdom from above is a, it's without hypocrisy, okay? So it's about, it's about being real, amen, being sincere and being true. Now, the, uh, my, my best reference for that, okay, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of verses that deal with sincerity and, and you know, uh, deals with uh, hypocrisy. We can talk about the Pharisees and, and all this stuff. But to me, the best reference, amen, for you and me and where we're at is, is Ephesians 6 and 14. Okay, stand therefore, gird your waist with truth. The first thing it starts off with is the belt of truth. When you're dealing with your enemies, you better get real. That word truth is not talking about the word. Later on, it talks about grab the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is dealing with being real. Amen. It means to be true. Okay, deals with nothing hidden. Come on, somebody. Because when you're playing around with hypocrisy and facade, thinking you're going to beat the devil, it ain't happening. You're in the same room. You're on the same plane. You're both in the dark. Come on, somebody. So when we're dealing with these kind of things, we can't be, you know, playing some facade here. We've got to be real enough. You know, when you're, especially when you think about this, you're dealing with somebody and their mistake, and sometimes, you know, it's all right. You know, I look at somebody, I think, you know, gee, I've been there. <laughs> been there. Did the same dumb thing. I said the same dumb thing. I remember being there. I remember how I got all caught up in that same old kind of thing, and I used to act the same way. And I always think when I come at it from that angle, I can counsel anybody because I, I've been there, done it, guilty. What for the blood of Jesus? I'd be heading for hell because of that mess. Come on, somebody. So I get it. Not justifying, not condoning it. Come on, somebody. Not excusing it, not e endorsing it. Come on, somebody. But knowing guilty, been there, been just as stupid. Hello. It is. Sometimes it was Trudy. No, she lived a lot cleaner than I did. But the, true, true. Anyway, my thought is this, you know, when you're dealing with stuff, I mean, you know, somebody just did something crazy. You know, think about this. Okay, I, I was thinking, okay, how about a parent sometimes, a mom with their kid, okay? Your kid just did something. And you know it wasn't right, but they did it. And the first thing you go, now, well, not everybody, but, but most, it's like, oh, that kid. But, I mean, that kid come up and give you a hug. Three seconds later, you're going to go, oh. Right? Because you're, you're, right, you're so merciful, right? Come on now. Don't get me wrong. Come on now. In most cases, I'm just saying, it's amazing who we want to be merciful with and who we don't. And a lot of times because... You know, with a, a parent, they, they see a kid, they know they've been there, they, come on, the older kids all went through the same thing. 
or whatever. I'm just saying we have ways of trying to, in our own heads, make, you know, uh, still be in, you know, stay in a place of mercy and love with them. And we kind of, you know, process things. And, but when it comes time to that guy across the street, heck no, man, shoot him. Come on, right? Just shoot him. Put him out of his misery. And I'm thinking, really? Now, don't get me wrong. I thought that a time or two. Been there. Whew. But never with you. I'm just saying. You know, we've all, we've all had those moments where we wanted to be all mad and upset. And to me, it's just think about, you know, we've been there. We've done that. We've been guilty of those same kind of things. So let's come at it from that angle. I'd rather have the wisdom of God involved here. Come on. Where I can keep the lights on. Come on. Again, he didn't justify the sin. He didn't condone the sin. He just didn't condemn her. He just didn't. He just felt she's already been accused enough. I don't need to accuse her. She already knows that she's done wrong. So, honey, get back up. Now go your way, all right? And just don't do it anymore, all right? It isn't worth it. It ain't, it ain't fun to come in these kind of situations. And maybe next time I may not be here. So it isn't worth it. So he didn't justify or condone it or, or somehow, you know, excuse it. He just said, you know, we'd rather get the lights on. And he says, listen. Okay, I'm the light of the world. That's how you do it. Now, now jump in here. Follow me, all right? And, and you're not going to trip up anymore on the dark. And, and you're going to then have the light of life. You're actually going to be able to experience a life and life abundant because you made the decision to draw from above instead of to draw from beneath. Amen. You kept the lights on. And now God can do something God gets the glory. Come on, everybody's well, whole, moving forward, gaining their victories. Come on, somebody, serving God, amen, changing not only their life, changing their family. Oh, hallelujah. Everywhere they go now, they're a witness. Why? Because somebody had the audacity to be merciful. Did you get something today? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Why don't you all stand up? Amen. Praise God. Remember, we aren't here next week. <laughs> but uh, uh, hopefully you all have a, a wonderful Thanksgiving. Amen. Hopefully we'll see most of you on Sunday. But if we don't, then you have yourself a blessed Thanksgiving next week. Amen. And uh, anyway, God's good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and glory once again for these principles. And, and uh, Lord, just to the challenges. Amen. Father, forgive us for the times we... Uh, maybe we weren't growing up quite so quick and uh, just helping us out here, giving us a little insight and wisdom here. We give you praise for that. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. Amen. We thank you for your forgiveness. Amen. And you are faithful and you are just to forgive. And we thank you for that. Hallelujah. And for cleansing us. Amen. And all from all unrighteousness, we give you the praise and the glory for it. To you be all the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining us for this message. 
We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.